Hello, we are Fantasy on Draft. This is NMFL. I'm with my po- my co-host, <laughs> Miraji Pokod. What's up? Feeling the co-host today. What's up, guys? We're doing a little bonus content here. We are going to do a mock draft. We're going to um, just kind of do a, a redraft mock draft mid-season. Um, it does look like, though, we're going to use the Sleeper app because they have an easy mock draft tool. But kind of obviously, ADP hasn't really changed since the preseason due to only weirdos mock yeah. draft in <laughs> yeah. the middle of the season. Who mock drafts in the middle of the season. So, yeah, we're, we're those guys. But we figured, hey, let's do a bonus, bonus content episode and just do something fun. So we're going to do a little mock draft, get through it, and hopefully it'll be fun. We'll talk about players. We'll talk about players' values moving forward for this season. And, um, you know, maybe it'll help you if you're stuck thinking about what a guy's worth or how he's going to be for the rest of the year. But we'll have fun with it. Yeah, I think um, mock drafting really helps a couple of things here. It helps um, kind of show your thought process on what you're valuing in players. And then it shows, like, the, the amount of thought that goes into how to uh, construct your roster. And then uh, moving forward in the season, like we are right now, halfway through the season, who you can kind of rely on uh, to be anchors of your team or to be, like, those hidden home run hitters that you can kind of stash at your at, on your bench if you need, like, a one-week fill-in for a, a Hail Mary, you know? Right, exactly. That's that's definitely what you can do with that. Um, we're going to get started here, but first, uh, we are Fantasy on Draft, so we are going to start with our beer of the day. We're drinking a Wizard Nebula from Modern Times Brewery. Uh, Miyagi, what can you tell us about this beer? So um, this is a, a hazy IPA. It's kind of borderlining between a single and a double. It's right at 7.5%. And um, Modern Times does this cool thing. Their, their hazy beers are really good. They have a lot of fun with their names, and then they, they love using Southern Hemisphere hops. So in this one, they use Rawaka hops, which are a New Zealand hop. Rawaka. And um, you generally get like bright papaya, tropical, apricot flavors with that, and their um, you know white wheat and flaked oats that they use for the malt bill with the two rows just. It, they generally work very well together, and this is another just great representation from modern times. Yeah, it's really good. I just took my first taste of it, and, uh, you know, as it stands to it, I'm always about the bitter, not the sweet, and this has some sweetness, but again, not not overly sweet. Yeah. You definitely get some bitterness there. Uh, well done, Hazy hazy IPA. I yeah. Could, I could drink this all day. Yeah, and it still has, like, 70 IBUs, which is right where yeah, you kind of want right. your IPAs. Um, they're not, like, super, like, sweet and just pillowy on the palate. This one do, does still have a nice bite to it, but you get all those hazy IPA flavors mixed in with it as well, so... That's rad. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Um, Modern Times Brewery, um, they started down in San Diego, yeah. but they're actually quite a few places now, right? They, yeah. They moved yeah. up to San Francisco and yeah, they have Oakland, some, maybe? Yeah, they have some pilot breweries in the Bay, um, and then a couple tap rooms kind of spread out here and there where it's just specialized. And they actually started as a coffee roastery. They, they uh, started with coffee, so they're... Um, stouts that they use coffee with are incredibly rich and incredibly um, flavorful for, for that style. And in fact, if, if you hear the clanging around in the background, we're actually setting up an event for them as we speak. So Yeah, we're doing a Modern Times event tonight. Um, and then we're going to have, how many beers are we going to have? Nine? We're going to have nine beers and five of them, or sorry, four of them are going to be some just crazy imperial stouts. 
Um, again, they, they specialize in their bourbon barrel aging, so we're going to have a Monsters Park that's bourbon barrel aged. It's going to have some vanilla and coconut in it. I think that's 14%. Um, we're going to have their Neon Campfire. It's, I think that's a 13% Imperial Stout with, like, marshmallow and graham cracker, a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, I forget what the other two are offhand, but it's going to be a great event. So if you're listening to this today, Friday the 19th, come on down to Burgers and Brew. And for the following days after that, we should still have plenty on draft for a couple, for, for a bit. Yeah, that is at Modern Times Beer on the socials. If you get an opportunity to try some Modern Times Beer, uh, always jump on it. They are world-class beer through and through. Um, they don't half-ass anything from their IPAs to their stouts. You know, you, you and their find, staff. Their staff is yeah, awesome. <laughs> you, you just find some of those breweries that, that kill the IPAs and their stouts are, eh, and yeah. then the other way you kill some stouts and their IPAs aren't very good. Modern Times runs through it yeah and their sours too their kettle sours oh yeah, are, they're yeah you're great right, yeah it goes is like everything they do that i've really enjoyed their loggers or pilsners everything's been top notch all right man let's uh let's just get into our mock draft a little bit we're gonna do a uh 12 person uh one quarterback two running back two wide receiver a tight end and a double flex um we randomized our draft spots and i'm gonna be picking six miyagi you're picking eight Oh, you're going to be sniping me, I, I can tell. Like I said, ADP is off a little bit, so there's probably going to be some guys that are going when you would think somebody else should go in their place, and that, that is going to happen a little bit. It doesn't have, you know, it doesn't show that Cooper Cup's the best wide receiver in the world right now. He's he's still down a little bit, stuff like that. But we'll still have fun with it. We'll, we'll mess around with it. Um, if you've ever used Sleeper, their um, mock draft tool does a pretty good job. Uh, I will give you a pro tip um, when you are mock drafting with Sleeper. A lot of times when you have your kicker and defense, the mock draft will start taking those positions earlier than you think that they would. Yeah. So I always remove those positions when I mock draft. That's a really good call. Like if it's like a, you know, like a 10 starters and like six bench, I'll just make it a 14-team thing total. I'll take out the kicker. Because you just find it so many times where you're like, there's no chance this guy should be here in the 14th round, but it's because eight kickers have already gone. Right. They start drafting defenses and kickers in like the seventh round. Right, right. So I just cut them out. Yeah. I mean, you know, if if you are worried in your actual real draft that you're not going to know where to take kickers and defense, we can fix that right now. Yeah. Take them at the end. Yeah. At the very, very end. Like, yeah. Yeah. Don't waste, you know, a roster spot early. We had talked about, I think earlier we had talked about how on redrafts, a lot of teams miss out on some of the high-end breakout players yeah. because they're on their second tight end, their second defense, their first kicker. Right. Where, you know, yeah, don't do it. Mock drop without those guys. Realistically, like, if you can find leagues where everybody's cool with just getting rid of defenses and kickers, go that route. Yeah. Like, there's such a there's, – there's no analysis that goes into either one of them. I mean, there's there's a little that goes into the defense where, like, if they have a big pass rusher that gets a lot of sacks, that's your points. But it's, it's such a crapshoot. Yeah, I – Lose the kicker 100%. I mean, that is that part. They're such a crapshoot. Yeah. I mean, unless you happen to know who the boom boom kicker is, and <laughs> he scores you 18 <laughs> points on a Thursday night game, uh, you know, they're so up in the air. You're, whoever is the quote unquote best kicker can put up 
four points because their team scored four touchdowns. Right. That was it. Yeah. So definitely, you can lose kickers for sure. Defenses, I'm always down to lose the defense. Yeah. But I get the argument, and I'm willing to play with it. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. Like, defenses, like I said, at least there's some stuff that can be put – put to analyze and, and really kind of know what you're talking about with the defense. But still, it can be just such a total crapshoot with them as well. All right, man, let's, uh, let's, let's start this. Like I said, I'm picking at six. You're picking at eight. Yep. We'll hit go, and we'll uh, see what happens here. So it's all of the normal guys you would expect going first, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara. Aaron Jones went before Zeke. All right, you're up. Okay. I'm gonna oh, this is easy. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I don't think you know this time of year, especially if you really were redrafting, Jonathan Taylor would not be available right now. Yeah, but I'm gonna take. I'm gonna run with it. I'm gonna take him at six. Okay. And now uh, I'm up, and um, there are some players available that, like you know, you have Devonte Adams, Tyreek Hill, um, but I am of the mindset where I always go for running backs early. Like there's such a limited commodity running backs even even if i'm at the turn and i have Devonte adams or tyreek hill right there the top notch players at their position i almost always still go running back so i've got um chubb here who i love and i have eckler and Najee harris and i'm gonna kind of go away from my personality type here i bet you thought i was gonna go austin eckler because i love that dude but i'm actually gonna go Najee harris because yeah, the yeah. the volume he's getting his playoff schedule um, the way he's being used in that offense is exactly what you would have hoped for. Now, it was a gamble preseason to draft him there, but now you know it's going to be that type of real deal. Yeah, exactly. I think the volume that guy's getting just makes him so valuable. And he's been doing good things with it as well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, we didn't mention in between uh, our picks at number seven, Travis Kelsey went. Yes. After Miyagi took Najee, Nick Chubb did go at nine, Austin Eckler at 10, Saquon uh, went to 11. And then on the turn, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Team 12 went wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, sounds like a perfect setup to try the, the no running back approach we'll see how that goes yeah uh stefan diggs patrick mahomes the first quarterback went at uh two three deandre hopkins did go and you're back on the clock yeah so again i'm gonna stick with with my running backs here um before the season started i was kind of questionable about mixing because i've i've had him so many times and it's always kind of been like man if only he could in this year he's doing what we would hope we had been able to see the last couple years um, he's staying healthy. He's definitely a focal part of that offense. And now with a strong passing game, he's, they're not just stacking the box to stop him. So he's been doing great this year, and, and that's what I'm going to take. So that's going to be my running back one and two is Najee and Mixon. Yeah, great start. Again, like you, exactly what you said. At the preseason, he was a little risky um, just because you weren't sure how it was going to do it. Right. You're right. They used to just try to stop the run for years. Now they have the good passing game, and, yeah, that's a great start, Najee and Joe Mixon. Um, I'm back up. Or DK Metcalf went right in between us. Yeah. Um, so that is another team that started tight end, wide receiver. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to see I'll how be they curious. do yeah, on, curious on running back. Um, it's back to me. Um, I agree with the running back, running back. That is always how I started. I think that – there's two guys I'm looking at, Antonio Gibson and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah. Um, as we know it right now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is not actually back from IR. I think he's really close, but he's not back. And Antonio Gibson has actually been 
you know, had some injuries too. But I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. I think his last couple games have been good, and hopefully he's finding his stride. Yeah. Yeah, because when he's an explosive player, he's he's top-notch, dude. You want that guy on your team for sure. Yeah, give me those four touchdowns on Christmas again. There you go. <laughs> Kittle was the, the second tight end. I think that's a little surprising using kind of preseason. Uh, Waller was for sure the second. Yeah. But now that we're into it, and especially what Kittle has done the last couple games, yeah, uh, he could easily move back in there. So Kittle, Clyde Edwards, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, and then Darren Waller yeah. did go at the end of the second. Um, some other guys that went in the third, Terry McLaurin went, and actually kind of surprisingly, Terry McLaurin went before C.D. Lamb and yeah. before Justin Jefferson. Yeah, it is. I think today that would be different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am a little sad C.D. Lamb went. He is always one of my favorites. Um, again, I like to start running back, running back, and then by the third round I kind of – decide if I want to get my my first wide receiver and get that going mm-hmm. or if I want to get crazy and go running back running back running back I think what's here on the board I'm going to have to do that yeah I was going to say David Montgomery <laughs> and DeAndre Swift on the board um, I think if I would have taken a little more secure running back at two I'd probably be going Swift here but I think I'm going to go Montgomery, yeah. especially for what his schedule is for for the rest of the season. Yeah, again, he's going to have a cakewalk playoff schedule. Um, it, that's I was hoping you were going to go Swift. We both love Swift, so Montgomery could fall to me. But um, with uh, Robinson going in between us, I get to take Swift. Uh, I, I'm never hesitant. I almost exclusively go three running backs to start. That way I have... Just studs at the position. I can fill one in on my flex. I don't have to worry about bye weeks. Um, so, yeah, DeAndre Swift is going to be who I'm taking here for sure. Yeah, I I would – normally I would rather have DeAndre Swift than David Montgomery. Um, just with Antonio Gibson kind of having beat up a little bit, having the shin injury, I wanted a little more security there. If I would have gone – you know, if, if, for instance, if Joe Mixon would have fallen to me in the second round – where I feel like he's solid, set, ready to go for the rest of the year, I probably would have gone swift. Nice. Um, so um, I was going to start looking for wide receivers. It did snake back. So uh, the wide receivers that win, my heart's broken. Uh, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, they aren't the heartbreakers. But Cooper Cup did go. I was hoping, and it's kind of, it's kind of sneaky because with the ADP settings, I was hoping Cooper Cup would fall to me in the fourth round. Because uh, I don't think he was getting drafted that high preseason, but he did go before I had a chance to get him. Um, so I'm actually going to go real deep into the settings here and um, kind of take who I think is right behind him, uh, the king of yak yards. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, Debo Samuel. Uh, just a grown-ass man out there playing amongst kids, kicking ass. He's getting the touchdowns. He's getting the run work. He's getting receptions and the yak yards as well. Yep, exactly. I was starting to scroll down a little bit too because if just looking at who the ADP is, I don't really like anyone Yeah, that's right where we are right now. It's a lot of um, really good quarterbacks. Kyler Murray is, av- Kyler Murray is available. Lamar Jackson's available. Um Dak, Russell Wilson, they're all kind of right there, but I'm not ready to go quarterback just yet, so I was kind of scrolling down and seeing what's there. Julio Jones went right in between us. 
Um, I'm going to go a little crazy as well, but I'm going to take Jamar Chase as my first yeah, receiver it, off the board. I, I was one of those two players, and um, I love them both. Like I, I, Chase was a little bit ranked higher, um, and I saw him, and I almost pounced on him, but I was like, if I let Debo go, you're for sure getting him. So I knew I had to take him now if I was going to get him. Yeah, that's that's. I was basically scrolling down to those same guys. Yeah. We forgot to mention, though, that Josh Allen did go at the end of the third, so he was the second quarterback. And then just now in the turn that went past, me, Kyler Murray went – uh, right after I picked, Lamar Jackson went right at 5-2, and then Russell Wilson just went at 5-3. I feel like there's always the camp of either get one of the early quarterbacks that you know are just going to win you the position, or you need to wait till the very end and go kind of the stream, not necessarily the streaming route, but wait until it, but I feel like Dak to me is one of the top two or three quarterbacks yeah yeah and to get him as the the sixth quarterback off the board uh I'm gonna reach a little bit but I'm gonna take Dak yeah in the fifth round it's 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 more than reasonable to to take a quarterback and and I think a lot of people when they think either take one of the top notch or low end ones they forget about these middle rounds where it's acceptable where it's not it's it's very difficult to construct a roster is when you take Mahomes in the second. Like, you're committed then to Mahomes getting you 30 points a week, which he can do, but it's a tough ask week after week. So that means you're passing up on, like, a Tyreek Hill or a Stephon Diggs or somebody like that who's going right around that same area. And that's just – that's tough for me. I've only done it once, and I'm not doing good in that league. Um, so – but in the fifth round, you've already established you have some starting running backs, you have some starting wide receivers, so you can you can easily take a stud at the quarterback there. And that's, that's actually what I was going to say, too, is the fact that I went running back, running back, running back allows me where, like, I'm set – yeah, I don't have to reach for another one. I don't. I mean, I'll eventually get another somewhere. You know, especially if if it turns out that the ADP is right. But I mean, I'm set there. And then wide receivers, I feel like I have a stud yeah. that I started with. And then wide receivers deep, I can get guys to fill in there and you know help out. Um, but where I think my quarterback's going to be really helpful. Yeah, it's a very deep position at wide receiver. Like, uh, there's there's other leagues where I just anticipate only like like I'm going to get my wide receivers in the eighth round. <laughs> like, so uh, there's still depth. It is more of a crapshoot later on there, but um, good good pick. So Aaron Rodgers went after him. I was considering actually taking Aaron Rodgers there, but um, he's gone. So I'm probably not going to be looking for quarterback for a while. I do see Justin Herbert there. Um, and I love that dude, but I'm actually going to go one more running back. So I'm going to have four. I'm going to go Fournette because he's established himself as a big part of that offense. And it's a potent offense, and I like having him on my team. Yeah, Fournette has just been great um, all year. And I think he's just going to – he's getting close to playoff Lenny. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he's, that's a good pick. Yeah, th- sometimes you just, like, learn something about a player that makes you like them more. Um, and it doesn't even have anything to do with football. But I saw a video of him just running into defenders and laughing. And <laughs> like, it's just like, dude, I like that. I, I, I get a kick out of that. So um, that's one of the reasons why I've drafted him. I know it's silly, but, you know, sometimes you learn something about a player and you're just like, that, guy, that dude can play on my team. All day. And so uh, here we are now. We're in the sixth round. And, um, again, uh, Herbert is sitting there. And we have Tom Brady also, um, and I do sort of need 
to start thinking about maybe filling that position. Um, but instead, I'm going to go wide receiver again. So I'm going to actually scroll down for a while here because he's a player we've talked about before. And if this is a – shit, I forgot. We're doing half, half point PPR or full point PPR? Half point. Okay, half point. Still, either way. Um, the guy getting a lot of targets right now, Jalen Waddle. I really like the way he's playing, and I think he's just going to be getting better. The second half of a rookie wide receiver's um, like first year is – that's when they really start going off. So I, I see Waddle being one of those guys this year. Yeah, and Tua's coming back, and him and Tua have seemed to have a connection where yeah. he's targeted, highly targets him. So It's I, weird. It's like they went to college together or something. Weird. <laughs> Probably frat bros. <laughs> All right, it's my turn here. And um, I had mentioned that at some point I would probably take another running back. Um, but... You know, I just kind of had to see if I liked what was available. And right now, I do like that Damian Harris yeah. is still available, especially as my fourth running back. Um, it <laughs> seems like Belichick really wants to run the ball this year. Um, he's, you know, even last night, it was kind of split between Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, but they got some carries, got the ball done. So I'm going to go Damian Harris yeah. as my fourth running back. He's a really good running back. He's like, I've watched, you know, a couple game tapes of him and, He's he's explosive, man. He's shifty. He's powerful. He's he's got all the tools. He just doesn't get that name recognition yet. And I, I do think he's capable of kind of blowing up if he keeps it up. But yeah, Ramondre is kind of cutting into it a little bit because he's also really good. So yeah, he uh, I think he'll cut into it. But I think the split last night might have been that Harris just got off. You know, the injury report he missed last week. So, yeah. Um, I do like both going forward, but I think that. Damian Harris is going to be a little bit more of the lead back. Um, back to me, and I do need a wide receiver just to kind of fill in, and um, this guy is just somebody that I've always been a fan of. Uh, I like the way he high points the ball, goes against the big catches. I'm going to go Michael Pittman here. Oh, and, shit, okay. Uh, I'm going to be pretty happy yeah. with uh, Jamar Chase and Michael Pittman. I, um, I thought he might get to me through actually even the next round, so um, good, good pickup by you. Great pickup. So Brandon Cooks went right before me, and I was hoping to get him uh, because he can play on the shittiest team in the world. He's getting an insane amount of targets. He's catching the ball and running with those targets. He's actually doing very well this year, um, unnoticed, because he's on the Houston Texans. Uh, so I was hoping to get him as kind of my wide receiver three to, to fill in. Uh, but I do have another guy who we know can have blow-up games. We also know he can be a knucklehead and fucking maybe never to play again right now because he wants to fake vaccine cards. But I'm going to take Antonio Brown. He uh, was who else I was looking at. Yeah, yeah, because if you have Antonio Brown on your team when he's playing, that's a lot of fun. Uh, it's those days between games where you're, like, having a nervous breakdown Fingers because you, yeah, you never know what this idiot's going to do. He might not play again this season. If they find out that's true, they are investigating it. I don't, I don't need to get in all that. But if he's playing, I'm going to be happy to have him on my team. He did. His agent came out and said that if and when it's time for him, that he is vaccinated, and if and when it is time for him to get the booster, he will do it on live TV. Yeah, so, all right. <laughs> cool. Pay-per-view viewing. <laughs> this is kind of the point where... I can kind of start regretting that I took Dak. Yeah. Um, here we are a couple rounds later, and Tom Brady is still available. Yeah. Though I'm not sure how much the ADP 
kind of plays into that. I don't know if he would still be available if it was actual in-season ADP. Yeah, and he was he was kind of highly touted coming into the season, too. I mean, it, it, some of the podcasts we listened to, like Tom Brady was their darling. And um, right. it's because you could get him at this point in the draft. Um, it, even with his finish last year, like going ham, he had 40 touchdowns and, you know, just under 5,000 yards. He was killing it last year. So um, I, I, I am a little surprised to see him here, but I'm also not surprised because a lot of people thought, how old is he now? 50? 50-year-old Tom Brady 51. can't. Yeah, 52-year-old Tom Brady can't keep doing it. But here we are. He's still doing it. Um, but that being said, I'm going to take my boy. I'm going to take Matt Stafford. And um, I'll, be, I'll be more than happy with getting Stafford in the in the eighth round here. For sure. Yeah, no, Stafford's been great. I, I have him in the but I'm really happy he's throwing the ball all around. Except when they play the Niners. <laughs> um, I am going to look to the tight end position here. Um, I Tight end, is it's for me, is either go one of the top two or three or, you know, wait a while. And um, I am okay with waiting till the very end and kind of streaming some of the guys that are there. But um, here in the eighth, uh, Mike Kosicki is still available. Yes. And he just profiles as such an athletic guy. Yeah. And uh, he did have a zero this last week, which, you know, some people are overreacting and saying how, you know, he's not a good tight end, but that's wrong. He's a great yeah, tight end. He's a well above average. <laughs> also getting Tua back, to him and Tua have a good connection, so I'm happily going to go Gasicki here and uh, have him, you know, be my tight end. Yeah, and that's, that's a good call. Um, you want to look for, for players with that type of upside, you know, like when Noah Fant came out of college and Hawkinson, they both came out at the same time, and they were both like if 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 they're given the opportunity which obviously they have been they're both incredibly athletic and even with subpar quarterback play they can manage to find a way to make that extra yak yards it's one of the reasons Debo so so valuable and Gesicki is definitely part of that group yeah. tier so yeah for sure that's exactly you know and I just I feel there are guys you can wait for but I just thought it was better to just wrap them up and have them yeah is it back to me? Oh, it's on you now, yeah. All right. I've been looking through, and the guys at the beginning of the list right now are just guys that I'm not super, you know, there's some quarterbacks, but I already have a quarterback. Jalen Hurts is there. You know, Trevor Lawrence is there. The wide receivers at the top of the list, Will Fuller, uh, Michael Gallup, Callaway, are just not guys that really do anything for me. Yeah. Um, but there is a wide receiver here who is – the number one on his team, and uh, he scores a lot of touchdowns for a little guy. And, you know, I don't always want to take the top guys that I think, you know, sometimes you got to scroll down. you got to take the guy who, you know, could be a risk, but when he blows up, he's going to, you know, help your team. And I think uh, Hollywood's going to help my team out here. Yeah, that's a a really, really good pick. Um, I was actually scrolling through, and I just got to him. (laughs) Damn it. Um, well, I guess I'll take another wide receiver. Um, again, same thoughts, man. Like, there, there isn't a whole lot on the queue that I'm really into. So I'm going to kind of go pick and choose who I want. And um, 
just so we're clear, round nine is probably uh, way too early for this guy, but with the developing news lately and him being the number one on his team for sure now, besides the tight end, I'm going to go ahead and take Brian Edwards. Come at me, bro. I, no, I was just looking at him, too. <laughs> yeah. He's been weirdly inconsistent this year, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, he had the, was it game one or game two, where he didn't even have a target. Yeah. And over time, he had, like, yeah, exactly. four catches yeah. for... Almost won the game for yeah, him single-handedly, yeah. Touchdown. And, I mean, and then he'll disappear and then come back, but... When they target him, when they throw it to him, he does so well. He it, looks so good out there. It, you know what it reminds me of, and this just kind of dawned on me, is, is remember when Amari Cooper played for the Raiders? This is what we thought was Amari Cooper, but I'm wondering if it's just Carr. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Because he would be, one game he'd be great, one game, he, one target for one yard. And then... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and now now we have Brian Edwards, who, like, we both knew coming out of college he was more than a third-round pick talent-wise. He was injured, so we were both all in on, like, trying to get him. And uh, to see the talent come through when he's targeted, it, it's, it's awesome. We feel like we're correct in our analysis. We feel like we're right. And then to see him not get targeted, it's not... We don't feel wrong. We're like, what the hell are you doing? Like, like he's there, he's open, he's bigger than the other guy, and he can go get the ball. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I'm happy to have him on my team. Okay, so it's now back to me. Um, there's been a couple players that have gone in between that I was looking for. Uh, we had um, Pollard, who's a great handcuff, has his own value as well. Naeem Hines, who I, I just love that dude. He's just one of those players who's won me a couple weeks in the past, so I always love him. Um, but I'm now kind of looking. My roster's full. I have starting positions at everything except for tight end, and I have somebody later in the draft that I want to get. So now I'm going to kind of start going for those lotto picks, those, like, could get you wins or a stash. Um, and with Derrick Henry being on IR but also being eligible to come back for the playoff time, I'm actually going to hold on to Derek Carr and with our um, league settings with an IR spot, I can stash him on there and fill out my team uh, off a, a waiver wire after the draft is over. But to have a player like Derek uh, Henry stashed, that's a, that's a really good feeling to have. So I'm taking him for sure. Yeah, at this point of, um, at this point of the year, when you know it's getting close to playoff time and they're already talking about how they already think he could be back yeah. before the end of the season. He's a fucking monster. He's an unreal. Um, there was another guy that was fitting in that, basically in that same category, um, Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is on IR. Actually, I think he's on the pup. Yeah. He stepped away from football, said he needed to concentrate on his own mental health and wanted to step away for a little while. And Atlanta said, yeah, do it. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Um, and it's up in the air. You know, he could be a really big risk. He might not come back at all this year. Yeah. But again, 10th round, it's time to start taking not just dart throws blindly, dart throws that if they hit. Educated dart throws. Can, can win you the league. <laughs> yeah. So Calvin Ridley went right in between, and that's probably who I would have tried to, to take there um, just because if he does come back, for the last couple weeks of the season. Yeah, it's a winning lotto ticket. Right. So I missed out on that. Um, but there's some other guys I'm going to take here. I lost my cue. There it goes. Um, I'm going to um, take Rondell Moore. There you Arizona. go. Good call. Um, the same kind of situation where he's you know rookie this year. He's had a couple good games, but nothing crazy. But they're coming to a point where you know A.J. Green has been – he's been playing, but he's been a little iffy. Grande Hopkins has, uh, you know, been on – he's on IR with the ham. No, he's not on IR, but he's been out, right? Yeah, he's been, been out, out with the hamstring. It, yeah, he's 
limited or no no practice every day. So it's not a good feeling to have if you're a Hopkins owner. And we all know I hate Kirk, so you hate Kirk. Gotta go Rondell Moore here. Uh, just and again, it's one that you know I may end up dropping to pick somebody else yeah. up, but if he does keep trending the way he's going, he could hit and that could that could change it for us. Yeah. And it is kind of nice having those players on your team where it's like, okay, if he if he does something awesome, I have him. And if not, I can just drop him. No big deal. I mean, I think I think this is a perfect example of what you're saying. The team that went after me drafted Philip Lindsay. Yeah. And I mean, what do you do with Philip Lindsay? Yeah. I mean, his 18 yards a week, you know, gets you nothing. Nothing. Um, you know, take, gets you heartbreak. Right. <laughs> you know, take a shot on a guy that, you know, and it's funny, it's, that's team five that did that. His mm-hmm. next pick when it came back around to him is <laughs> Trey Lance, and that's the exact thing yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Like, if Trey Lance does become the starter in San Francisco, awesome. he could ball out. Yeah. And that's the kind of situation that could win you a championship. Yes. Philip Lindsay's doing nothing yeah, but there's, clogging your bench. Yeah, there's no chance he's going to get better. You're right, <laughs> right. Yeah, we know who he is. Yeah. We, we've seen him. So, yeah, this is the part where I like to – you know, take guys that are not they again may never play for you yeah. but they could also win you the league oh absolutely which is different than yeah. Philip Lindsay who's who not going to play for you who you know is not going to play for you exactly like yeah so I'm going to take another another guy who you know has won a couple people weeks already and then he's had you know a lot of nothing I'm going to take uh, Kadarius Tony. oh thank god I thought you were going to go my guy um so I wasn't even big on this guy before the season started but I've watched him play and he plays for a dog shit team with dog shit quarterback play and by all counts this week it's not going to be great quarterback play um but Elijah Moore oh yeah. I've watched him play and he's got some dog in him man he is he is not scared of contact. He's not scared of uh, any type of running through the middle of the field where a linebacker could be headhunting. He is a very, very good wide receiver, and I anticipate him being very good, even with Joe Flacco throwing him the ball. And um, if Zach Wilson does come back, I'm hoping he's learned from his fill-ins to get the ball to Elijah Moore because good things happen when you get the ball to him. Yeah, that, that's true. He's, he's a good player, and he's had some really games where he's looked really, really good. And, yeah, if they can start getting him the ball, he'll be great. Yeah. Um, here we are. We're um, only going to do to round 12 here, um, a little bit smaller than um, some other leagues. But So this is going to be our, our last round, our last pick. Um, nobody really went. Oh, no, that's not true. Uh, Alexander Madison went right yeah. after you, and um, he's kind of a crazy handcuff. That yeah, He's he's the, the handcuff. handcuff. Him, him and Pollard are like the handcuffs. Which is have. funny. The same guy also took Pollard, um, <laughs> Team 12. But I, Team 12 is also the team that didn't start. They started off wide, wide receiver, receiver, wide receiver. Yeah. And then they went Daryl Henderson in the third, which is, you know, a good running back for this. But then they've, they've been chasing the running back position, and this is kind of what happens yeah. if you go wide receiver, wide receiver. Daryl Henderson in the third, that's a decent starter. I mean, he'll, he'll do well for him. But then, you know, Chase Edmonds, who's now yeah. hurt. But yeah. Chase Edmonds, Michael Carter, Tony yeah. Pollard, Alexander Madison. A lot of lotto tickets. Yeah. Guys that can get you – I think he did a you know good job, Michael Carter, Tony Pollard. Even though Pollard's a handcuff, yeah. he still can get you a few points a game. Yeah. But he's chasing. I mean, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna have your your running backs getting you six points a game. 
he luckily went Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and got Cooper Cup in the fourth. Yeah. So his wide so, receivers are going to be great. Yeah, he but. can afford to have six points from a wide receiver. But it's also what what's kind of unsaid there is you've got all these maybes. And then every week you're scrambling around trying to decide which maybe you're right. going to start. And that's just going to lead to a lot of pulling out your hair when you have the winning player on your bench. You know, so yeah. it's it, that's not a position I like being in. And with wide receivers, you also sort of get that. But um, wide receivers, you, you kind of understand that. I mean, even Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, they have they have down weeks. But when when you get them, they're, they're going to blow up where I think these players that he's handcuffing his running backs, the ones that hit, are just going to be enough to win you a week. They're not like... And if, you know, Zeke goes down and Dalvin Cook goes down, this guy wins the league. Yes. But now you're you're rooting your whole draft on hoping an injury Yeah, and that kind, of, that kind of sucks. And one, that sucks to hope for injuries. Yeah, exactly. Two... When the injuries don't happen, you don't get anything out yeah. of it. Yeah, and, and, and maybe he's drafting them to trade them to the owner of the other player, but you don't draft players to trade them because it, 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 it never works out the way you think it will. Just quick sidebar. Right. I drafted Debo Samuel in a league to trade. <laughs> Legitimately was like, I don't know who to take here. I know there's a couple Niner fans in the league. I'm going to draft Debo, and I'll trade him. And oh my gosh, did that work out? But it worked yeah. out because I didn't. Because trade you him. couldn't trade him. <laughs> because you couldn't trade him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, too good to trade. Yeah. All right, who do you got for your last okay, pick? Okay, so um, I saved my tight end for my last pick, and I actually had a couple players that I had in mind here. Um, I was thinking maybe uh, Hunter Henry, uh, who went earlier than this. He went right before my other pick. Um, I was thinking maybe a player like Zach Ertz would be available, which he is. Um, so I was thinking him for sure. Jared Cook plays for the Chargers, but uh, Parham has actually been uh, has been yeah. the guy there, which is awesome to see because that guy looks really good. Uh, I was thinking somebody like Cole Komet, their other tight end, who's kind of their featured tight end on the Bears. But I'm actually going to go a little bit deeper here. Um, preseason, Adam Troutman was kind of my sweetheart. He's getting a little bit of play right now. But I'm actually going Pat Fryermuth, man. That dude okay. is a fucking stud right. on the field. He's um, been, he's been very, getting touchdowns. Well. They like him on that team. They're making sure he's getting passes. Um, and he's getting touchdowns, dude. He's getting everything you would possibly want from a tight end. And to find that dude in the 12th round is money in the bank. If you can get him in Dynasty, go get him. Yeah, no, that that's he's been great. I mean, outside of his fumble this last week, but yeah, that happens. That's yeah. a fluke. Yeah. I mean, they've been hyper targeting him in the red zone, in the middle of the field. I mean, that that's a great pick. Like, I'll be honest, if if, if Kyle Pitts were putting up his season, people would be happy with Kyle Pitts still. Right. Like, right. and he is that good, and and you're getting him that much later. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm on my last pick here, and I was just kind of looking through my team. Um, I have four running backs um, that I'm actually really happy with, and I have five uh, wide receivers. I feel like my wide receivers are all kind of um, big, possible big hits, but big ceilings. They have high yes, ceilings, yes. but kind of low floors, which is you know kind of a bummer. I kind of wish I would have gone uh, a little safer with one somewhere, but I'm still okay with him. Um, I do I was, think Pittman has a higher floor, though, than, than you think, because uh, Wentz is definitely targeting him more. I think he's established, and I think I think he's got a pretty high floor nowadays. Uh, yeah, I, I do, too. I, I just 
basically what I'm getting at is I have two guys in my queue here for my last pick. And uh, one of them is Rashad Bateman, who, Mm. uh, um, you know, I think could turn it around. You know, he's starting to get targeted. He's, you know, was injured for a while. But I, one, I have Hollywood Brown on my team already. And two, he's not safe either. Yeah. You know, so I I think I'm going to pass on that, even though I really do like him. Yeah. And um, especially in Dynasty. I mean, this is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dynasty, I think it's right. Um, Another player, though, that I also would not be here if it was not for the way the ADP is. Um, But I'm going to take Mark Ingram here. Um, Yeah, very good. You know, he just got traded to the Saints. There's a chance that uh, Kamara doesn't play this, this week as well, which means he'll see all the... You know all the touches like he did last week, and even when Kamara is there, they bounce off each other pretty well. Oh yeah, they they've got great chemistry too. It's like just working together. So. so I think you know for this season, um, even though he's he's thirty plus, um, you know I I think that it's a route I want to go, and I want to you know just I'm happy with that. Yeah. What's really funny is he's thirty plus, and he's the fourth leading rusher right. in the league right now in yards. Right. Like not a lot of people realize he's the fourth rushing <laughs> running back. In the that league, is like, yeah, totally. You actually told me that this week, and I forgot. And yeah, it, he, why he's, I was it, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. But also, proof he probably would have been gone already. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, people still aren't that high on him. Like, even even though he's producing this year, again, he's got that Brandon Cooks effect. He was on the Texans, so nobody noticed, and then he had a, a good game with the Saints, so people are like, cool. But they think he's just like a one week filling. Where dude's just fucking killing it, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to look at my team here first, just because I was in the uh, the, five, the sixth slot. But um, I ended up with Dak Prescott as my quarterback. Um, like I mentioned, he is one of the top two or three guys to me, so I'm happy with that. Jonathan Taylor fell to me at the 1-6. He wouldn't be there necessarily if we were actually drafting today. Yeah, I doubt it. But I'm, I'm so happy with Jonathan Taylor there. Antonio Gibson, my wide receivers, uh, Jamar Chase, Michael Pittman, um, I, again, got Mike Gesicki uh, just about when I felt like tight ends were starting to run out at the 8-7, so I'm happy with that. David Montgomery and Damian Harris round out my flex. I uh, really like the strength of my team. I think especially for redraft, it's the kind of team where if they hit, I could run away with this league. Yeah. Um, but I'm putting risk in it a little bit. It's not a safe, it's not a super safe team, but I like the upside of them all. I have Hollywood Brown on my bench, Rondell Moore, Kadarius Tony, and Mark Ingram. Again, guys that uh, I could have some issues trying to decide, especially on bye weeks if Jamar Chase or Michael Pittman are on bye. Um, could have some issues trying to decide which guy to play. But I like the upside of my team. I, I, I think that everybody can score, and I can put up a lot, a high week, yeah. You know, every week. Yeah, I think at any given week, your team could beat any other any other team if 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 all goes well. Um, I really like I really like your roster construction. Um, I love my team. I think my team uh, could dominate the entire league and the world actually if I put this squad of Avengers together. Yeah. So my quarterback is Matt Stafford. Love that. He's been killing. It yeah. All year. Um, I've got Najee Harris and Joe Mixon as my RB one and two. Two of the most used running backs in the league yeah and then as like safety for them in my flex positions i have two other running backs deandre swift and leonard fournette who are also top-notch like rb1 potential i think they're both even in the rb1 right now so i've got four rb1s 
uh, out of 12 possible. Uh, that's great. I've got Debo, the number two wide receiver in the NFL right now. Uh, Jalen Waddle is actually in my lineup right now, but I could swap him out any day for Antonio Brown, Brian Edwards, or Elijah Moore. So if Elijah Moore keeps going, like I've got stacked wide receivers. Uh, my tight end is Pat Fryermuth, who's just been killing it. I think he's only going to be getting better the rest of the season. He's already had his bye, so that is awesome. And then just for shits and giggles through the playoff run, I've got Derrick Henry. Yeah, your team, I really actually, I really like your team. Yeah. Um, I think that you have a very safe team, but not in a bad way. I think that your average week score would be very high. Yeah. And, and then you would have weeks where you even blow up and you're, you know, the leading scoring team of the week where I feel like my team, I could have some weeks where I score 92 and, you know, while you're at the 130s every yeah, year. Yeah, I, I was hoping my average would be 125 to 130 or something yeah, with this team. And, yeah. And, and I like it when, and, and it's lazy, and I apologize for this, but I like it when I don't have to decide what players to start. So I've got yeah. people in my lineup right now where I'm just set it, forget it, fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah, and, and then the Derrick Henry pick late, again, he may stay out and you never use him, but you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he is easily... Well, I mean, he's easily your best running back if he's healthy. Yeah. But, I mean, you, you it's not that you're trying to start a, a Ronald Jones in his place right. and hope he gets back yeah. so he can take over. Yeah, that's just icing four, on the cake right there. If you, if you, solid starters. I mean, and Leonard, that's why I took him. Like, yeah. I, I didn't anticipate even ever having to start him. If I'd never have to start Derrick Henry once this year, I still love my team. But if I get to the playoffs and that dude is healthy in winter, holy shit, give me that all day. Right, and I feel like, you know, especially DeAndre Swift, who we both loved for years, yeah. he can be a little bit matchup, yeah. you know, depending, dependent. So, I mean, if you all of a sudden get to start Derrick Henry over a bad matchup for DeAndre Swift or, you know, even a bad matchup for Leonard Fournette, I mean, I don't normally that would be fine to have either one of those guys going. Yeah. But if you have Derrick Henry that you're right. going to put in, I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not like I'm trying to grab you know, Gio Bernard for mixing. Well, I guess back in the, well, I guess Bernard's now my handcuff for Fournette, but you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm not like grasping for straws. And and if I have to start him even over Mixon, who like I've had questions about in the past, like (laughs) if I lose by starting Derrick Henry over anybody, I'm, I'm okay with it. Right. Right. So, Well, right, guys, cool. that was uh, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. I, I I actually really like talking through our process. Hopefully, everybody learned a little something on how we think about stuff and how we approach it. Yeah. Um, because I, I think I think mock drafting is a vital part of learning how how to draft. Period. Like, and it also helps you uh, understand where you you need to appreciate players at what part of the draft. So. And I think you know, even with the ADP a little messed up, it was still fun. It still was close. Um, as I had hit on in our last episode for my, uh, what had me buzzed yesterday was doing some of these in the off season. Yeah, and, big time. You know, that, that will be fun. I think while we're getting, you know, doing some dynasty mocks during the off season and then doing redraft mocks right before the season next year. Oh yeah. With we'll, all the rookies involved. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be a lot of fun and we'll, you know, talk through some stuff and hopefully, I mean, our goal is to, you know, help the average Joe player, you know, out there to try to, you know, get better and to try to understand why you don't try to go, you know, quarterback, quarterback in the 56th <laughs> round, even though they're really good guys. Yeah. You know, we, we want people to kind of understand 
the thought process behind fantasy football and how to go from the casual guy on the couch that, oh, shoot, that's right, i got to go set my lineup today, to the guy that knows what he's doing, knows when to draft people, knows you know when to take two tight ends, only in a two tight end league, yeah. and when to you know pass. Yeah, and I know we're we're wrapping it up right now, so I just kind of want to jump in real quick. It's with with one quarterback. It, the reason why I only drafted one quarterback, and granted, Stafford is amazing, um, but. On his bye week, you can go pick up any, like, there's more than serviceable quarterbacks. The gap between the number one quarterback and the number 24 quarterback on any given week is only about five or six points. So, like, you, 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 can, you can fill in those players. Stafford, Mahomes, Allen, they're way more consistent. Right. But you can, you can go pick up a player like that, and same with tight end. So here's, just, sorry, just to go off your point. Yeah. I mean, this is some of the quarterbacks that are left in this league. The draft is done, and, I mean, Matt Ryan has been up in the air, but Matt Ryan has some good. Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. always consistently scores. That's like points. literally my streaming darling. I yeah. use him all the time. Right, right. <laughs> and you can just pick him up. Yeah, you know, he's just there waiting. Um, Mac Jones, Tua mm-hmm. Tagovailoa, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. Derek Carr, yeah. who is the most consistent and <laughs> vanilla just... quarterback out there, and you never want to start him, mm-hmm. but he'll get you twenty-two points. When Stafford's on a bye week. I for sure will start Carr. Carson Wentz, who, again, people don't want to start, but he consistently gets you points. Yeah. Daniel Jones, who, you know, with his rushing – I mean, so it's exactly what you're yeah. saying. Like you and don't there, need to waste a spot. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to hold a second quarterback. You don't need to hold a second defense or a tight end. Like, your bench should be exclusively wide receivers, running backs. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you have like a Trey Lance, for example, where you're hoping will come in at the end of the year right. and be a game changer. Maybe that's, but even then, I I didn't do that in any of the leagues I'm in for redraft. And then on top of that, the same with tight ends. Like you don't need another tight end. It's such a wasteland of talent anyway. Like you should have one stud if you picked a stud. Otherwise, you can literally stream that position every single week. You can. Like, I picked a tight end late, anticipating that if he doesn't work out for a few weeks in a row, I got no problem streaming another guy. You, yeah. Like, Hunter Henry, for example, like, that dude is normally just getting dropped and picked up in, on most leagues anyway for whoever's got to buy it. Yeah, like, so, anyway, I just wanted to throw that on in there because that's why I didn't draft another quarterback, and I got my stud quarterback in the eighth round. Right, So. right, yep, yep. No, this is definitely the kind of information we wanted to give out and uh, want people to understand our thought process. So it was fun talking through it, you know, deciding which route we were going to take and, and the reasons why. It was fun. Yeah. And you know what the best part about this is and this podcast in general is it gives me a reason to drink at 9 in the morning. Yeah, that, and yeah, I yeah. fucking love that. Wizard Nebula. <laughs> yeah, we should do this every day. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, appreciate you. And uh, let us know how you like the bonus episode. Love you. Say something nice to somebody today. All right. Later, guys. Out.